Hello, everybody, and welcome. Uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Heart of Flesh podcast. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode today, but we're excited about it. Now, I want to start with uh, just a couple of biblical principles that are going to help us. First, um, and it, it just in this idea of spiritual disciplines and specifically about our episode today, uh, the first one is the idea that all people are going to give an account to God uh, before him. And that account is going to have to do with the way that we have lived and stewarded our lives. So I'm going to read one quick passage uh, just to give that point. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's going to be verses 9 through 10. It says this, So whether we are, are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. That is God. Verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So here's just the reality that at the end of days, God is going to enter into judgment with the whole world and all people, um, and people will stand and give account to God for the way that they live their lives. Now, the hope for us as Christians is even though that there is there's no chance that on our own we could stand in the presence of holy God mm -hmm. like this, uh, but the blood of Christ is able to make us righteous before God and to make us pure before him. Um, but even even in our lives, the way that we live as Christians, uh, there is a biblical command to steward well the things that God has given us. Um, you know, the, probably the best example of that in the Gospels and in the teachings of Jesus is the parable of the talents, where we see that, uh, I think Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a man who um, gives, gives talents or uh, things to his servants, and then he goes away for a long time and he comes back, and what he does is he uh, has his servants give account to him of the way that they have mm. used his talents. And in the parable, it's, it's basically a picture of the, the idea that uh, God has given to us stewardship, not ownership, but stewardship over many things. Stewardship over time, over resources, uh, over many, many different things in over our lives. Podcasts over podcasts. Over podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the equipment. Yeah. And so we're sorry for not getting an episode out last week. Jackson was busy um, preaching in a small town, Minnesota, right? Yep, a small town in Minnesota. So we didn't get one out last week, but we're being better stewards of the podcast this week and getting an episode. Yeah, that, that's a practical <coughs> example <laughs> of stewardship. But uh, but anyway, it's the idea that God has given to us certain <coughs> things and we're responsible for how we use them yep. and what we use them for. Uh, and, you know, the idea being not to use them for selfish ends, but to use them for God glorifying ends uh, and purposes. Now, we've been in this, we've been doing this. Uh, this series on spiritual disciplines yep. last week we, we haven't about even gotten into the spiritual <laughs> yeah, yeah we're getting there and last we won't today but yeah next last episode last we week, promise last week we talked about uh what makes spiritual disciplines so challenging for us and one of the biggest ways is our phone usage yep now james and i just to give you a little bit of insight into our lives um just over the last couple of years you know we like to talk about these things we like to wrestle with these things how can we like to ask each other questions about how we can use our time better, mm -hmm. um, the ways that our phones are affecting us. That's been a big, big topic of conversation for us. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's a prominent one because you and I aren't the only ones that struggle with this. Yeah. Our phones have a, a tendency and an ability to control us and to, to, to attract our time and attention really unlike, unlike many other things in our lives. Yeah. There's a unique ability for our phones to have uh, to just grab our attention and control us. Now, at the end of the day, 
and this is the reason why we mentioned those those things at, be at the beginning at the end of the day we are responsible before god for how we use our time yep. and how we use the resources that god has given us now that includes our cell phones yeah right that includes our cell phones so this episode is essentially going to be about stewardship of phones if that makes sense and we're going to talk about ways to redeem our phones <laughs> yeah so this we're going to get really specific in this in this podcast episode and try to really narrow in on our phones okay we talked about distractions last week now we're going to have a hopefully a short episode oh i forgot to start the timer i'm going to start it yeah we're trying to be under 30 minutes 30 here. minutes so we're probably like five minutes in I'll, I'll keep that in consideration yeah um but we're trying to really narrow in on a focus here and and give you practical tips to help combat your phone addiction because the reality is for most of us we're addicted to our phones and sadly I think as a church, we don't talk about it. Um, and so like Jackson, and I have really been growing. I think about a year ago, we read that book, 12 ways your phone is changing you. Um, it was part of RCI curriculum. Jackson read it while he was in class and then he told me about it. So I started reading it and it just like opened my eyes to this reality of like, okay, my phone is a gift from God. How am I using it for the kingdom? Uh, is it hindering my walk with Christ or is it propelling it? And yeah. the reality is it was not doing good things for me and for most people that's true but we will recognize that it is a gift from god our phone the technology the era in which we live in which we have the capacity to listen to podcasts youtube yep. all these great gifts and the supercomputer in our phone can be used for god glorifying things yeah so it's <clears throat> our phones are, are very good yeah but they can be very dangerous yes now like everything else it's something that god has given us and we are responsible to steward it well right so what that means is that as Christians, we need to look at the way that our phones are affecting us. And here's what we want to do. We want to maximize the good parts of our phone. Yep. We want to maximize the good things. We want to maximize the ways that we, our phone can glorify God in our lives and just be a helpful tool for us. Yeah. We want to maximize that. We want to make our smartphone into a dumb phone, <laughs> well, but keep well, the redeeming qualities. Yeah. <laughs> we, but on the same time, we want to minimize the things that are harmful for us. Yeah. Uh, and there are many ways that our phones can be harmful for us. They, they can use our attention. F phones can also just be an avenue to sinful Sin, things. Yeah. They, they can put right before our eyes things that we do not need to see, mm -hmm. right? So we want to, <clears throat> as Christians, being called to steward the things that God has given us in a God-glorifying way, not to earn his favor, um, which we have ultimately in Christ alone, mm -hmm. but to glorify God and to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Yep. So our phones can either be helpful in this or they can be a, a hurtful distraction. Now, in this episode, basically what we want to do is we want to just give some practical tips that we have found that we've, for the most part, implemented into our lives and, uh, yeah, just to, to, to find ways to make our phone more helpful and less hurtful. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I like how you said, for the most part, we are implementing these in our lives. And Jackson <laughs> and I were just talking about before we started recording. Uh, as we've been studying this and I put together this uh, content, it's been so convicting to mm -hmm. to us and great for just our spiritual life with Christ and our relationship with him. Um, and so we're like, I'm really passionate about this stuff right now. And I, I will be for a long time, likely, likely as technology gets more advanced, as Satan's using it 
to destroy the kingdom. And as Christians have to live in a world um, with so much technology, we need to learn how to use it and steward it. So I'm super passionate about this. And so we're just going to get into it. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. James, you're the one that kind of put a lot of this together that have done a lot of the thinking on this. Uh, it looks like you have about nine practical tips yep. or things to go. So let's just run through those. We'll try to be pretty brief. Like we said, we want to keep this under half an hour. Um, so James, you want to just go ahead and get started? Yeah. Uh, just a disclaimer. So these, these are not practices for the sake of practices or rules for the sake of rules, but these are things that you can do in your life to redeem time and to, to help and restore your relationship with Christ. Ultimately, that's, that's the means. We want to glorify God. We want to enjoy him forever and help us do it on this earth right now. And so I've created this content and like most things, not original, uh, I've stolen it from a few different resources. Uh, one was this 12 ways your phone is changing your book. We've talked about that on the podcast. Uh, another one is uh, ruthless elimination of hurry. Um, by Mark Comer, I believe is the, the author of that book. And then also this Habits of Grace book uh, by David Mathis um, is where a lot of this content is coming from. And so I've just compiled it into a document and we're going to talk about it. And then also um, some of these things are in your settings and on your phone practically. And so I will we'll put together a document and put it in the, the uh, podcast notes. Yeah, you with can, just like a helpful step-by-step yeah, guide. Yeah, for some settings, whatever, screen yep. time, et cetera. Some steps so you're like, okay, we talked about that. That sounds like it'd be helpful to implement in my life. Yep. So here's, here's a, how you can a, do it. It's a practical next step. <coughs> if, if if something, you hear something, it's it's convicting, something yep. you really want to do. <coughs> we want to <coughs> like put some actual instructions for yep. you to be able to do that. Also, so we're iPhone users. Um, yeah. We got Macs here. So it's going to be for iPhone users, but the principles are the same for Android, whatever your phone is. So yep. if the step isn't there, just uh, look up on YouTube. How do I turn on grayscale yeah, for Android? It should be easy to find. Yep. All right, James, get started. So number one, um, and these aren't in really a particular order, um, but yeah, they're just in no order really. So first one, turn on content and privacy restrictions. So what this is, is, is in your settings, you can make your phone or you can limit the content that your phone can explore essentially. And so you can go into your settings on your iPhone and restrict the content, uh, mainly for the purpose of limiting adult content. Yeah. So the problem being, um, one, one way that our phone can be really harmful is just by the, by the things that it puts in front of us. Yep. Things that we don't want to see. Uh, yeah, especially as men, like we can struggle with our, our phones can be a place of like, we, we can just see so many things that we we do not need to see we, yeah. we have a, we live in a culture that's very sexualized uh that's very just openly flaunting uh many things and, and celebrating those things sometimes we don't want to see those things yeah um they're not going to be god glorifying if we do and we want to there, there are actual practical ways to stop those things from coming onto your phone screen yeah so this sense. is this is fleeing from sin taking practical steps to flee from sin um, and run towards God. And so in this, the turning on content privacy restrictions, you can block certain websites, um, even blocking social media. If you have to take that step, we'll maybe get into that a little bit later, but you can block websites. So you can't go on them. Um, and you can even go in there and create a password for your screen time settings Mm -hmm. and give it to someone that you trust and love. Uh, so like for me, uh, my wife, Gracie has my, my passcode that way. If I do need to 
see something, if I need to go on a website that it's currently blocking, which sometimes that happens. Uh, I was trying to get a fishing license. I don't know why, but it wouldn't <laughs> let me yeah. Yeah. download the PDF. So sometimes you need to, to go back and get that passcode. So giving it to someone Man, you love and trust. That's even, that's better than me. I, I think me and Jalen did that uh-huh. like a couple of years ago. I have, I, and I just have no idea what the password is. Oh, that's and great. I cannot even, if, if I wanted to, I don't even, I don't think Jalen even remembers <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I it, did the same for him and I don't definitely don't remember the one. Yeah. I if in. someone is giving you their password, uh, write it in your notes or something so you can get it back someday. Yeah. But this is something I've been doing for two or three years now and has been great. Yeah. It's really helpful. Um, you know, especially like you just think about young men who love and want to serve Christ, mm. but, but there is much temptation that you face. Yep. Uh, and oftentimes we are just, la- we're, we can just be lacking in self-control. This is a way to stop before you even face the temptation, if yep. that makes sense. Just, just to stop it from even getting before your eyes. Yep. So really, really helpful. Okay. Keeping it moving here. Number two, and this is not going to be popular. I'm probably going to get canceled for this, but number two, delete all social media off your phone or delete it entirely. And so the heart of this is, a so, lot. so you're saying when you say delete it off your phone, I'm just looking at your notes. Yep. Uh, the other option you're, you're saying is use your laptop yep. instead of your phone <clears throat> to view it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So creating a schedule, uh, in your week to still, if, if, if social media is something that you, okay, here's what I'm going to say is social media, God glorifying thing in your life. Is it producing Qu- question that you need to ask? Yeah. Question you need to ask yourself. Is it, is it feeding your soul? Is it starving your soul? Is your overall social media use in your life net positive uh, for your spiritual life or net negative? And, and seriously cons- considering that, mm-hmm. uh, and also with the encouragement that you can thrive without social media. I haven't had social media for, for probably see, six months now. Um, just deleted it entirely. Can't find me anywhere. I'm, I'm incognito. <laughs> um, and it has been so just refreshing um, because frankly, social media is really changing. the. It, it changes the way you portray beauty and romance mm-hmm. and sex and finance and wealth and, and life and so many things without us even knowing. I mean, what you put in is, is going to come out. So the, go ahead. You have some. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, again. Like the question we want to ask, we're not trying to necessarily say that social media is a bad thing inherently, but we do need to ask ourselves, like, is this, is this serving God and our souls in a positive way or not? Yep. Um, now similar to James, like I, for a long, for, this is a while ago now, but I deleted social media, uh, entirely Mm -hmm. for, for some number of time. I have, I have Facebook still. Um, I got back on Facebook, but it actually like there's just this great fear that I had that if I do this, like I'm going to be missing out on so much. Yeah. You know, I'm probably going to be so irrelevant, all this kind of silly stuff. But at the end of the day, when I did that, I did find I made such a better use of my time. Yep. Like I really made such a better use of my time uh, than I did scrolling through Facebook. And as much as like, as much as even at the time I knew that I shouldn't spend a bunch of time on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, but it really, and it's meant to do this, it really does do something to your brain that attracts you to those websites. They make the, they the make platforms it, they, they make it addictive to attract you to it. Yep, they make purposely. it to attract you. So for me, honestly, just, just deleting <coughs> them. Um, like I said, I'm back on Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
like what a better what a better use of my time mm-hmm. um i i just found myself doing much much better things yeah then because because such that i i had to get out of the mindset of okay as soon as i'm bored or even if i'm in public uh and there's there's a moment of silence or or whatever i'm just gonna go to my phone quickly and look at something and start scrolling yeah now it and it and it really did take a while to like undo that type of like reaction in my brain yeah we're addicted yeah seriously yep especially people our age but frankly i would say everyone as a society a lot of people are addicted to their phones and social media is one of the biggest captures so so just (coughs) to finish that point um uh, ask yourself that question yep and then also practical steps to take get social social media off of your phone yeah onto your laptop if if you still want to keep it yeah or just consider deleting it entirely yeah so just reiterating it a little bit more for the laptop create a schedule where it's like okay these two days a week at 5 p.m i'm gonna check do i have any instant messages i gotta reply to do i want to schedule a post uh making a post if you're trying to get out content twice a week um or something like that creating a schedule that way it's not just something that you go to when you're bored yep definitely uh let's move on to point three okay i can i share that story about social media so people aren't like Oh, sure. We're already at 12 minutes, probably like 17, but this is good, good content too. So yeah, go ahead. Social media can be used for great things, i.e. this story. So last week, um, I had someone reach out to my wife on social media and on Instagram, uh, slide it and reach into her DMS Mm -hmm. and ask about the ministry I do with fellowship of Christian athletes. This particular lady is from Minnesota and she heard heart of flesh podcast i don't really know exactly what the connection is but praise the lord she's listening heard heart of flesh podcast heard about the ministry that i do with fellowship of christian athletes um probably tried to look me up on social media couldn't find me but <laughs> found my wife and said hey can i talk to james i want to start like a bible study or a huddle in my school and so an now, fca huddle an fca huddle yeah so later this day um i'm going to be meeting with her and talking about fellowship of christian athletes and how we can bring the gospel to her school so praise the lord for that yep. avenue yep there, there's an so example there is redeeming of, things of redeeming things yeah god's redemptive plan for the world being advanced through social media yep a good example all right let's go to the next one okay so number three and this has been like a life changer for me and for people mostly in the workforce i'm guessing but delete email off your phone um, and it's the same principle as the one we just talked about for most of us, we have to have email. It's a main way of communicating for our jobs, school, whatever it is. But having it on your phone just leads to that temptation of every single time I'm bored, I'm going to check this. Yeah, it almost like I find myself doing this too. Delete social media and then I find something else to scroll on. Even something <clears throat> that might be as boring as email. Yeah. And that, okay, we talked about this last episode, but the heart of it, the heart of the issue is our hearts. And that we want to be distracted. We don't want life-giving things. Um, and we want to consume things other than uh, God-glorifying things. And so you're you're going to go find something else um, yeah. to try to feed your soul. But it's, it's the same heart as the last one. Create a schedule, whether it's 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 at night. I'm going to check my email, respond to things for 20 minutes. This can save so much time and distraction in your life. Um, and is a really helpful tip. So yeah, I think I'm thinking about it even with text messages too. Like there's just sometimes there's this idea that you got to respond to a text message mm-hmm. right away. You know what? It can be really helpful. 
unless it's an emergency. Yeah. Just to take some time, even have a thoughtful response and, and plan a time where, hey, I'm going to look at my phone at this time. And if I have text messages, I'll respond then. Yeah. Understanding, too, that not every job is going to allow that. Um, but you'd be surprised the freedom you can have if you just schedule out that time of twice a day, three times a day, whatever it looks like for your particular job. Uh, moving on to number four, uh, this is a setting in your iPhone and, and Androids as well, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, turn on downtime. So this is a capability that your phone has to schedule downtime on your phone where it locks certain apps and notifications. Um, so for me and my wife, practically, we, we turn this on from 8.30 p.m. to 7 a.m. It blocks certain apps, uh, which you can also regulate which apps to use. But this essentially just creates a time where it's like, okay, our phones are only gonna be uh, usable for these uh, more important things. Phone calls, text messages, whatever it may be. Yeah, I was just thinking, I actually haven't done that, um, but I was just thinking that it's a great <coughs> idea to, to have times in my day where it's like, okay, Phone calls, text messages. That's what I need my phone for during this time. Everything else, like even just being at home, uh, you know, I, you know, come home, eat dinner with my wife. What a tendency I could have to just not spend time with my wife, yep. not be intentional, uh, but to just scroll on my phone. And she has the same tendency as well. Um, but what a, uh, what a helpful thing just to say, schedule in on my phone. Here's a time where my phone is going to be for texts and calls. And that's going to be it. Yep. Okay, uh, moving on. Cool. Number five, uh, turn your phone on grayscale mode. Uh, so I just learned about this like two weeks ago. Life-changing. I, I think it's a really cool yeah. um, way to combat the addictiveness of your phone. So essentially what this does, uh, it's a setting in your phone. Um, it's called grayscale mode. It, it turns all the colors off your phone. Basically makes it black and white. Black and white, like your 1950s. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a correct date, if that's when that happened, but have grace with me. <clears throat> so essentially, <clears throat> this is like another. This is another thing in your brain too. Like yeah. your phone is so colorful, and when you when you open your phone and you see all of these bright colors and all these things and notifications, like it does something neurologically in your brain that is attractive. Yep. Like it. It, it's just producing like hits of dopamine, dopamine yep. that are going to bring your brain back to those things and, and make it addictive. And, and I've, I've, I've been doing this for like, I don't know, was it like a week, two weeks now, but this has been wonderful for me. Like my phone is so much, so much less attractive mm -hmm. to me when it's just black and white. Yeah. Like it, it looks boring and that is exactly what I need sometimes from my phone. Yeah. Like I need it to not look so appealing. I need it to look boring. And this, this just does that in a great way. Yeah. So again, we'll put the steps in the podcast link of how to do this. Um, it's really easy. Um, also, you can look it up on YouTube. Super easy too. Um, yeah. There, there's a way. I was, I was going to say this too. And, and you showed me how to do this. But there's the a way to like, yeah, there, you can make your phone a shortcut so you can turn it on and off Yeah. really quickly. Like if you want to show someone a picture or you want to see something in color, you, you can turn it on and off really quickly. But yeah. man, I found it to be so helpful. Yeah, so you have shortcuts in your phone, like Jackson was saying, where you can, if you have a newer iPhone, triple click the power button. If you have an iPhone 8 like me, that's pretty old, still got a home button. <laughs> Shout out my home button, people. <laughs> you triple click the home button and you can turn that setting off and back and forth. So if you want to show someone a picture of your kids, beautiful scenery, something like that, you can, you can still have those colors, super accessible. But that's a way to limit the dopamine that is released from your phone. Yeah. In your brain. Here's what I find practically. 
like it's easier for me if there's no colors on my phone like what now i'm going to my phone when i need it for something yep. i'm not going to my phone just because of you know <coughs> it's it's colorful and and it's easy to scroll like even just on social media like if i scroll if i'm scrolling on facebook and there's no colors on there it's just much less appealing yeah and it's good it's it's really a good thing so it helps me it just helps me uh, even in the the even in the biological chemistry of my brain to view my phone as a tool that I can use for good instead of uh, something that just is, is attracting my brain to it, if yep. that makes sense. Okay, number six, turn off unnecessary notifications. So if you were like me for a long time and had all these apps, <coughs> you would get hundreds of notifications each day from ESPN, um, random things. Well, social media does this too. Social, social media. media it, it'll even tr like it. It'll track if you've been off it for long enough, and it will send you notifications yeah. that are tailored to you that you think that that, that it thinks oh, are going to get at you this. to respond yeah. and open it. So honestly, even just with social media, maybe just turn off notifications in general. Yeah, that might be a really helpful thing. Yeah. So again, there's a setting in your in your phone. You can go through each individual app and turn on or off the notifications. Mm -hmm. So for me, practically, I just have the important ones on. Uh, messages, phone calls, FaceTime, uh, GroupMe I use a lot for my ministry. Um, so things that where it's like if I get a message, I actually need to look at it in a timely fashion. I have those on. Uh, otherwise, I have all the rest off. Because frankly, if your phone buzzes, 95% of the time, you're going to pick it up. Yeah, or um, even just look at it. Yeah, or look at it. Um, so if you limit the notifications, you can limit the distraction and redeem more time to spend with God and his people. Number seven, delete all unnecessary apps. So this is more just personal preference uh, to help clean up your phone and your, and your home screen for less distraction. Um, for me, I've consolidated all my apps into certain, uh, what do you call them, like folders or... Categories. Yeah, categories. Yeah. Um, so my phone kind of looks lame. Um, and I think that goes back to the grayscale stuff and just making it less <coughs> less addictive. Um, and also with the social media kind of framework or filter that we were talking about, uh, you can use this as well because there's apps, frankly that are addictive as well besides social media, mm -hmm. um, like just games and not that you can't play games on your phone, but yeah. if they're turning into a problem, you need to get rid of it. Chess.com. Uh, yeah. Chess. <laughs> oh, yep. Delete no, it. That's, that's a, that's a fruitful and rewarding app. <laughs> it's a God glorifying <laughs> hobby. So running it through this filter, does this app make your life seriously easier? Is it glorifying to God? Is it producing good fruit in your life? If not delete it. Yeah. Delete yeah. it. Yeah. You can also look at, this might be a good thing too, but you can go on your phone and you you can look at screen <coughs> time and how much time you spend on each app. Yeah. Essentially that's too. That could be helpful. Yeah. That can be really revealing. Uh, I yeah. know with people, they didn't know that. And we look at it. It's like, oh, wow. Yep. I Three hours a day on Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Four hours on Snapchat. <laughs> yep. Uh, but again, our hearts behind this is to to redeem time, to glorify God. Not to just have rules, but to put practical things in front of you to help you combat um, the addictiveness of your phone. So mm -hmm. number eight, and this might be my favorite one on the list, is create a nighttime and morning routine that does not include your phone. So step one of that, you need to buy an alarm clock and put it in your bedroom. OG one, you can buy one. 
on Amazon for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. They're super easy to use. M- me and my wife have one. And if you're like, oh, what if the electricity goes out and there's a storm? Uh, they come with battery backup, so you can't use that as excuse. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that that's the start of it. But really the heart behind this one is for a majority of my life and for most people, the last thing you look at at night is your phone. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you look at in the morning is your phone. Yep. And that's going to start you off on all the stressors of that day, maybe what horrific thing happened in the news yesterday. Um, and so we want to trade that off for starting our day and ending our day communing with God mm-hmm. and, and and starting on that on that foot. So yeah. and this, is, this is a practical way. Like, <clears throat> it is so easy for me to know that when I go to bed at night, I shouldn't spend time looking at my phone before bed. Mm-hmm. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I should do is not pick up my phone. Now, if I do not have an alarm clock in my room and my phone in another room, I will do those things. Yep. I will pick up my phone. I, I'm, I'm just going to do that. So this is a practical step like, and helpful for me, I need to have my phone in a different room. Yep. Yeah, that's what me and my wife do too. Kind of like putting your phone to bed and waking your phone up. So... Mm-hmm whatever that time of day looks for you nine o'clock at night we're gonna char- we're gonna plug in our phones we're gonna put it in the drawer and we're gonna put our phone to bed and we're gonna have our nighttime time routine put our kids to bed uh talk with your spouse read yep. the bible together maybe um sleep for the night without the distractions and then wake up and have a routine of okay i'm gonna get ready i'm gonna go to god's word i'm gonna pray i'm gonna spend time with my wife and then at whatever time in the morning, I'm going to grab my phone and check it for the day mm-hmm. and have that routine. And this is like so game changing. Mm-hmm. This can bear so much fruit in your life. Yeah. And yeah, it's good. You know, one thing, and this is, this is kind of funny, but well, one thing my wife and I have been doing is we've been, I bought this book with all of the like confessions and catechisms from the time of the reformation uh-huh. and with the early creeds of the church. Uh, so it's just an awesome book. But sometimes at night, we've just been slowly working through, like, these wow. reformed confessions. That's awesome. Uh, which are just all about uh, the theology of the Bible, um, what it teaches. Yeah, just, just excellent things. But, like, like, just for example, and we don't, we don't do it. We do this far from every night. But we do, we do this 10 minutes a night before bed. Uh, we will have read basically all of those reformed confessions yeah. over a period of the next probably 5 to 10 years. Which is just, yeah, great, great way to redeem time. Redeem time. Yep. Yeah. And so ask yourself, would you rather start your day with the anxieties of your schedule and the day's latest outrage or with the Lord of the universe mm-hmm. and your savior? Yeah. Can make Definitely. That. Hey, how's that timer doing, James? Uh, 26 minutes plus Kay. five. So we're probably a little oh, over 30. I don't think we were plus five before we started. Okay. I think we were like plus two and a half. Okay. Remember. So, so let's last finish, one, let's number the nine. Last point, and then we can wrap it up. When you're eating out or in fellowship with others, leave your phone in the car or in your jacket or even in your pocket with do not disturb or something. So you have silenced all notifications. Mm -hmm. And really the heart behind this one is we are created for relationship. Relationship first and foremost with God and then with others. And when our phone is on the table or in our pocket buzzing, it hinders our attention to that relationship and and fostering and loving the person before us and the the person who has an eternal soul and is an image bearer of God and has infinite dignity, worth, and value. 
and is frankly more important than the Snapchat I just got from my friend back home. Yep. And so limiting those distractions is really that. And if you want to see like just the how pervasive this is, next time you're out to eat with your friends or family or spouse, look around. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the most disheartening things that I've seen in the last year is me and my wife are on a date and you look around and everyone's just literally eating their food and on their phone. Yep. When they're supposed to be talking. Yeah, you know you know what? I've <coughs> I've looked at some really interesting statistics lately, but you know one of the biggest like predictors of success later in life is the amount of meals that you share with your family when mm. you grow up. Interesting. Like it's incredible. Uh time time that you spend actually eating meals with people mm-hmm. has a huge effect on like uh just just many many things in life mm-hmm. like a huge massive effect it's it's incredible um but yeah even to this point like <coughs> put things in your day where your phone is not a part of it yeah so like meal times with your spouse or with your family or, or when you go out, to out go out to eat with people like just put your phone in a different room yep. or, or if you go to a restaurant leave it in the car yeah. something like that put it in your jacket or james you mentioned this before too i think this is good um but you said you go for a walk every day at lunch yep don't bring your phone. Go for a 20-minute walk. Now, my, my wife and I do that a lot too, but it's like w- we'll go for a walk together, leave our phones in the house. Mm-hmm. Just a great way Wait, to Wait, you're like telling me you can leave your house and not have your phone? Yes, I am saying Is that, that sin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a cultural sin. Yeah, yep. it can be done. But it can be done. But yeah, so just think of ways in your day to put your phone to the side and leave it in the car, leave it in the house, and, and do something else. Yep. Uh, go, go for a walk by yourself and spend time in prayer or in meditation or go out to eat with friends and your spouse and actually focus on the conversation you're having with them. Yep. So that's all nine of them for now. This is not exhaustive, um, but this are practices that Jackson, have I, Jackson and I have been implementing to help redeem time. I'm going to run back through them uh, one more time. And again, we're going to put some sort of document in the podcast description to help with the steps. So number one, turning on content and privacy restrictions. Number two, delete social media off your phone or delete it entirely. Uh, Delete your email off your phone. Again, using on your laptop, setting schedules to to check it. Number four, turning on downtime. Number five, turning your phone on to grayscale mode. Number six, turn off unnecessary notifications. Number seven, delete all unnecessary apps. Number eight, personal favorite, create a nighttime and morning routine that does not include your phone. And number nine, when you're eating out or fellowshipping, leave your phone in the car, in your jacket, put it on Do Not Disturb. Yep. Well, there we go. James, thank <coughs> you for putting some of this together. I think it's been really helpful. I know as we've talked about this uh, just in our own lives, this has been really helpful for me, Yeah. you and I having this conversation. And again, <laughs> very I, helpful. I just want to reiterate, these aren't just rules for rules. Mm-hmm. I'm putting these things or these practices before before you guys because I want you to have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to be more productive for the kingdom of God. Jesus' last commandment to us was to make disciples of all nations. That's what we're here to do. That's what God, that's why we're alive today. And God has not taken me home is because he has called me to make disciples of all nations. And our phones and other distractions can limit our capacity to do that. And we want the church to thrive the church in America, the church globally, we want to thrive. We want to see people come to Christ and converted. 
And we want to be doing that effectively. And we want to see people not just converted, but growing in Christ yep. spiritually and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Yep. And, and thinking about, you know, I heard, I was reading in a book the other day that <coughs> receiving the gospel is like when you throw a stone in the middle of a lake and the lake is like your life. And when the stone hits, it just sends waves that cover the whole lake. Mm. Like it has a ripple effect that affects the entirety of your life. It affects every aspect, yeah. even your phones. So we have been called to pick up a cross and follow after Jesus and to serve him and to deny ourselves and, and to throw idols away. Yeah. And to throw away idols yeah. uh, and to, to, to make our primary business in the world, advancing the kingdom of God and God's redemptive plan for the world. Yep. And we need to be thoughtful and conscious of the way that we use the things that God has given us. Yep. And our phones, again, the, what, what a gift, what a gift that God has given us in these phones. Yep. How can we use them for his glory and for our good? Yep. That's the big question. So <coughs> I think that's going to put an end to this episode. Uh, we might have probably gone Not a little too over. Not too bad, though. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's as well as we could expect. Um, so just to give a little, we'll, we'll finish here. But future episodes... Um, we do want to get into actually the spiritual disciplines that we mentioned in the in introduction. Yep. Um, we want to talk about them. We want to give some practical <coughs> wisdom for how to go about them, how to think about them, uh, how practical ways to implement them. Um, so that's that's where we're going to be going from here. But we thought this episode was a good and fruitful and Next necessary episode, thing to talk about. Probably studying the scriptures. Yep. Talking scripture. about what's yep. probably the most important spiritual discipline, which is studying the scriptures, mm -hmm. reading God's word. Um, so yeah, I, ho I hope this has been helpful. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We do continue just to pray for the listeners of this podcast, yep. pray for our own hearts as well. Uh, you know, as we've been doing these things, um, it's been great for us because it has been convicting. Yep. It's been convicting for my heart and, and for the way that I use my phone, for the way that I <coughs> practice or fail to practice spiritual discipline. So this has been very good and we pray that it has been helpful for you as well. So that's going to that's going to cover it. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you tune in again sometime.